Good morning, everyone. Um, this morning, uh, took some time to write about uh, the U.S. economy and um, kind of the help that's needed uh, for those that have been paying attention. Uh, this COVID nineteen uh, virus has driven a bunch of cities and states to basically heavily encourage people to stay in their homes. Um, it's also led uh, many places to say, look, we're going to shut down restaurants and bars. Uh, we're, we're basically going to um, do things that um, preserve or um, you know, benefit the health of the people over the economy. And so whenever situations like that occur, um, you know, one of the first questions that comes up is, okay, well, how do, do we help the economy? It, it, it's obvious that we want to ensure the health of the people, uh, but we do need to lessen the burden on the thousands of small businesses across the country, the you know hundreds of millions of people who could be affected by this uh, economically, et cetera. And so basically those solutions or proposals, if you will, uh, that have been floating around fall into two different buckets. Uh, one of them is monetary stimulus. The other is fiscal stimulus. Nothing new there. The monetary stimulus uh, essentially is the U.S. government injecting capital uh, into small businesses uh, or uh, into individuals' pockets. Uh, on the business side, this could be a one-time payment per business. It could be a payment uh, to the business for every day that they're affected by the shutdowns, uh, or it could even be a payment per employee that the business continues employing. So basically, if you don't fire your employees, we'll give you money. Um, a few other plans involve extending loans on attractive terms to the small businesses, et cetera. And then you, of course, on the individual side, have um, things that look, smell, and, and uh, appear to be uh, kind of UBI, universal basic income. So is it a one-time you know, $1,000 for everyone, $3,000? Um, is it you know, $1,000 for an adult, $500 for a kid, any of that type of stuff um, on the individual side. But basically, a lot of the details of each proposal are thin at best. Um, you know, generally, it, these ideas are early, um, but they really revolve around the idea that the government would conduct uh, some version of um, capital injection, both in individuals' pocket and to small businesses. On the fiscal side, um, this really relies on the U.S. government lowering tax obligations, uh, providing tax credits to small businesses and individuals, uh, again, an attempt to put cash in their hands. Um, some of the ideas that have been floated around um, include payroll tax cuts, uh, federally funded paid sick leave, uh, tax relief for specific industries, et cetera. Uh, again, details are uh, somewhat limited just given the, the uh, nature of how new these uh, ideas or proposals are, but I think that we'll kind of see details uh, come out over the next couple of uh, days and weeks. Um, but the short answer here is that not a single bullet is going to solve the problem set for everyone. Right. There's obviously the structural issues in the legacy finance system with the credit bubble and, and things like that. Then you've got small businesses that are going to suffer uh, all the way to the point of possibly having to go out of business um, in just a matter of weeks, um, regardless of how kind of fiscally prudent they've been. And then we've got, you know, give or take about half the country that lives paycheck to paycheck. They don't have enough money to actually make a four hundred dollar emergency payment. Um, and, and so. Uh, give it two to four weeks and they'll start to really worry about their financial uh, responsibilities and demands as well. And so we, ju we just need something to happen here to, to provide a solution. And so you need different solutions for different people. Um, you know, some of them will be monetary stimulus. Some of them will have to be fiscal. Uh, ideally, the experts, quote unquote, and I put that in air quotes, I don't know if anyone's an expert, uh, will weave together both forms of the stimulus to create uh, kind of these intended benefits uh, while also mitigating the potential downside. 
I just don't know if that's possible in this scenario, right? That there may be kind of much larger trade-offs um, that have to be made by people that are much smarter than me. Uh, but as I've thought through these things, kind of two things continue to uh, pop up in my head. The first is uh, this idea of a federal tax income uh, relief uh, for people, and then also the share buyback and bailout debate. Um, so I'll start with the federal tax income relief. This is generally the idea that um, the 2019 federal ta uh, income tax would be voided. And what I mean by that is if you've already paid your federal income tax um, through uh, kind of withholdings, et cetera, you would get a 100% refund uh, from the federal government for that tax that could uh, range from 10 to 37%. Um, so, so quite uh, of your income. So that could be quite a, a large sum of capital. Um, and then if you haven't paid the federal uh, income tax yet, you still owe it in April, uh, you basically just wouldn't have to pay it. And so uh, to kind of have an injection of 10 to 37% of uh, individuals' income uh, would be a pretty big boost to the economy, obviously. Uh, where the downside of this plan kind of reveals itself is that 45% of Americans don't pay federal income tax. So basically, you could help you know 55% of Americans very quickly, um, but 45% don't pay federal income tax. Uh, there's a very strong argument that that 45% is actually the most vulnerable and the ones that need the most help. Um, and, and so I don't think that this is necessarily a um, you know silver bullet, if you will, uh, that's going to solve everyone's problem, but it definitely could help um, a really large number of people, you know, hundreds of millions of people. Um, and, and so I think that you've got to kind of keep in mind that um, you know this isn't supposed to solve it for 330 million Americans. It's got to solve it for just um, a, a high percentage of them. Now, as I was talking about this this morning on Twitter, uh, people started sending me all kinds of different things. One of those things was a tweet um, that France's president is suspending payment of taxes, rent, water, gas, and electricity bills for companies during the virus outbreak. Now, the suspension of taxes makes a lot of sense. That's basically what I'm talking about here in the U.S. at the federal income level um, and, and just doing it for individuals. Uh, you can also do it for businesses, so kind of an extension of that. Uh, but France is also um, heavily centralized. The government controls a lot of the utilities, so things around water, gas, electricity, etc. cetera. Uh, much easier to do in France when you're talking about owing the money to the government and the government can provide relief versus actually having to owe that money to a private corporation um, that gets a little bit messier and probably wouldn't be on the table here in the United States. So other countries are, are trying their best to, to have all sorts of uh, monetary and fiscal stimulus. I think we're gonna have to have that here in the United States. One idea is this idea of uh, kind of voiding uh, or completely relieving 100% of the federal income tax for uh, the year 2019. So that's that. Now that brings me to um, kind of, okay, if that's one way to solve the problem for some subset of the individuals, what's going on at the company level? Uh, and this is the, kind of the highly controversial debate of stock buybacks and bailouts. So the basics of the debate, um, companies have been using a lot of their free cash flow uh, and even at times some new newly issued debt to buy back their own stock. Uh, so people who agree with stock buybacks or, or think that they're okay basically argue that companies do this when they have nothing better to do with their money, right? Think of it kind of as an efficient use of capital. They believe um, that this is the best uh, use of their capital. And so uh, they also probably believe that their stock price is trading below the market value. 
And, and so they'll go ahead and expend that capital to buy back shares. Uh, obviously, this drives up the earnings per share or the value of the stock. Uh, and so the detractors of the strategy argue, well, executives compensation is tied to short term stock performance, uh, whether that is they have a set number of options and the price goes up uh, or literally they're getting bonuses based on stock performance. Uh, so the executives are merely propping up their stock price in order to enrich themselves. Right. My general view here is that the proponents and the detractors are both probably right uh, to some degree. And so uh, some companies are prudent about how they do stock buybacks um, and, and don't necessarily get egregious with it. Uh, while other companies, frankly, they do it to pump their stocks and enrich their executives. Right. So I think kind of both parties are true or both arguments are true. Um, and, and so from 2010 to 2019, uh, the companies in the S&P 500 on average used 52% of their free cash flow to buy back their stock. So we're not talking about small amounts of money here. We're literally talking about 52% of free cash flow in the S&P 500 is being used to buy back stocks, um, which obviously is a, a really, really big number. And so stock buybacks used to be illegal uh, up until about 1982. Um, there's a lot of people who would argue that share buybacks should still be illegal, right? It's manipulation of the stock price, et cetera. Uh, I'm not necessarily one of those people. Uh, I generally think that companies and, and the executives that run them should be given as much freedom as they can be given um, kind of within uh, within their means. Um, but I also believe that companies should be responsible for the risk that they take. And so this kind of brings on the topic of the industry bailouts, which you know, take the U.S. airline industry, for example, uh, they're currently asking for uh, the federal government for assistance, right? And, and people are really cautious about the word bailout, but that's basically what this is. They're asking for a bailout. And so um, these same companies that are asking for the bailouts uh, because they have slowing demand uh, due to less travel from the coronavirus, uh, these companies have spent an incredible amount of their free cash flow on stock buybacks. Right, Alaska Airlines, 32% uh, free cash flow. Delta, 50. Southwest, 66%. United Airlines, 80% of their free cash flow being spent on stock buybacks. And so what exactly should happen here, in my opinion, is you give companies a choice. You say, look, if you participate in stock buybacks, you're free to do that, but you are no longer eligible in the future for any sort of federal government bailout. Uh, if you do not participate in stock buybacks, then you are eligible for federal government bailouts in the future. So you're able to do it. We're not going to make it illegal, but just understand there's ramifications to the decisions you make. My guess is that most companies won't actually stop the uh, stock buyback programs. What they'll do is they'll become much more prudent with them, right? So maybe they'll actually only spend 10 to 20% of their free cash flow on stock buybacks instead of the 80% that they've spent. Right. Or maybe they would actually continue to spend, um, you know, high 50, 60, 70, 80 percent. Who knows? Um, but this positioning that the federal government won't be responsible for bailing out organizations that poorly allocated their capital or got themselves in a position where they didn't have strong uh, balance sheets would relieve the federal government from being in this position. Right. It's kind of this idea that like business is a game of survival and profits. Most executives who've been playing are solely focused on profits, uh, but they've forgotten the game of survival. Right. And, and if you don't survive, you can't make profits. And so I think that that's one thing that I'm kind of an entire generation of people is, is being reminded of or learning for the first time. Uh, it's this idea of having a strong balance sheet and how much um, that can actually be helpful to somebody. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I think that the airline specifically, um, they're looking for Warren Buffett or the government to bail them out. Um, and, and I, you know, frankly think that it's probably going to happen. There's going to be some sort of federal uh, relief or, or assistance here. Um, but, but again, I do think that the share buyback versus bailout debate is an important one. 
and we should really force people to uh, make a choice, right? You, you want to buy back your shares, knock yourself out, but we're not going to bail you out if you make bad decisions. And by the way, if you don't want to buy back your shares, you want to do your best effort to have the strongest balance sheet possible. And instead, you uh, can then be eligible for the buyout, uh, for the bailouts. So I think that's you know going to be a debate that continues raging on. I'm not going to solve it here today, but, but I want you guys to be aware of that. Um, what is not going to be a debate is that many economies around the world, they're going to need help over the coming weeks and months. Uh, they're not alone. Small businesses and individuals are going to need help too. Uh, these solutions are not going to be uh, easily identifiable. They're going to be highly controversial. Uh, they're not black and white. They're quite complex. Uh, and I think that they're going to involve both monetary and fiscal stimulus. Um, and so I remain confident that uh, here in the United States, uh, we can prevail. Uh, we've done it before. We'll do it again. Uh, but the debate will continue to rage on on which solution is the correct one. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I do think that uh, urgency is important and we should optimize for getting something done rather than chasing perfection. So hopefully we'll see that happen over the next uh, couple of weeks here because, again, small businesses and individuals are being um, you know, really significantly affected by this. Um, and, and so anything that we can do to help them would be fantastic. So that's all for today. I hope uh, this was uh, a little bit clearer um, and, and kind of highlight some of the issues that are going on and some of the potential solutions. Uh, I appreciate you guys all um, reading this every morning and, and listening. Um, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning.